Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the Autistic Podcasters Network. Please consider joining the Autistic Podcasters Network on LinkedIn. Today's Autistic Moment is a free podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at ausm.org. Thank you for joining me for this episode, Autistics Transitioning to Adulthood. My guest for segments two and three will be Robert Schmoos. Emily Goldberg from the Autism Mentorship Program will be my guest for segment four. Please visit todaysautisticmoment.com where you can listen to the podcast, get transcripts, program updates, and read the guest bios pages. Please visit the future shows page with the titles, guests, and descriptions of all the shows coming up through November. The transcripts are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. The transcripts can be read and followed from the website. There is a link provided to get access to a document form of the transcript that you can print it so it won't use up the ink on your printer. The document transcript has a font that is accessible for dyslexics. While visiting the website, please consider supporting the work of today's Autistic Moment with a financial donation or purchase an item from the Logo Shop. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Want to chat with me and other listeners? Join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel at Today's Autistic Moment to watch any episode of Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions. Before I start talking about the topic for this show, I want to make something very clear. Today's Autistic Moment will honor the diversity of the adult autistic community. I will have guests on my show that will speak eloquently with a lot of energy behind what they say. Other guests may not talk in completed sentences and give shorter answers. My guests may have splinter skills through which they will circle back to what they have said a few times. Some guests will speak loudly, others more softly. I will not tone police my guests or disqualify them because of their unique communication styles. I am going to continue to work with the diversity that makes up the autistic adult community and our many communication differences. I ask that everyone who listens to the podcast keeps that in mind. 
This episode is dedicated to the autistics that are about to, or are transitioning, or have transitioned into adulthood. There are many states across the country where 18 is the age of adulthood. Other states, it is the age of 21. Most neurotypicals transition is challenging because of graduating from high school then attending a college or university, starting a job, or joining the military. They will have developed friendships and contacts who encourage them to pursue a meaningful career. Others are preparing to get married. The sky is the limit for what they can do. They have energy, excitement, some fear and anxiety about their future. Given that they have reached the age of adulthood, they will have many resources that can help them achieve their dreams. Many autistics might have had teachers in school who predetermined that their future will be very limiting. Their social supports will be smaller. Their special interests are boring to most of their peers and pursuing a career in any of them is either impossible or they do not know where to begin. Many autistics will discover that their parents and or guardians will have lost the legal standing to help them with applying for a job or a college, find a place to live, and get the resources they need to get the basic necessities of life. Autistics are part of a culture that thinks and responds to the world around them differently, but the world of higher education and the workforce are often not adequately informed about autistic people. Many employers do not make the efforts to focus on the skills and talents autistics can bring to a workplace. While the Americans with Disabilities Act helps protect the rights of disabled people, there are still too many loopholes that employers can use to get around hiring a disabled person for a job. My first guest today is Robert Schmoos, who is a licensed social worker. Robert serves as a mental health professional and an autistic self-advocate. In his practice, Robert supports adolescents with developmental disabilities, including autism, by using a variety of therapy options. Robert's experience as a clinical professional on autistic people places him in a unique role. As a self-advocate, Robert has experience with educating communities about autism advocacy throughout podcast interviews and speaking at conferences. After this first commercial break, Robert will join me to talk about what can happen when an autistic turns 21, the challenges of finding helpful resources, including disability waivers.
Today's autistic moment can be downloaded and heard on most podcast apps, including Apple, Google Play, Breaker, Castbox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Castro, Overcast, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser. If you are looking for the transcript, go to todaysautisticmoment.com, click on the episode you want to listen to, and follow the directions to find the transcript. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment. Hello, autism community. My name is Lisa Morgan. I'm an autistic adult too, and I know firsthand what it feels like to be unintentionally harmed by well-meaning professionals when reaching out for help. My passion is to help autistic people find and use their own unique strengths to help themselves. Are you rule-based, a literal thinker, have a focused interest? Let's figure out together how to use the strengths of autism to find solutions. I offer life coaching for autistic adults and individualized workshops for professionals. To find out more, go to autismcrisissupport.com. Robert Schmoos, thank you so much for being on this episode of Today's Autistic Moment. It has been my pleasure to interact with you in emails and on other conversations. So welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Me too. Yeah. Okay, well, I've asked you to come today because of a, of a very sensitive topic that uh, needs attention, like what we're giving it today. And that is the topic of autistics transitioning to adulthood. Um, in any conversations I have had before up to this point, that that transition is really complicated and presents a lot of challenges to both caregivers and the autistic individuals. And so um, it is so important that we have this conversation because also there's a lot of information out there that says that a lot of the programs that are supposed to assist autistics with that transition are just not working. So let's uh, begin as I always do. What important information do autistics, adult and adolescents need um, to know about and their caregivers, of course, when we talk about autistics transitioning to adulthood? Well, well, I think the thing they definitely need is like, is to is to have kind of like a plan. What I mean by this is that we've all known that like once you turn twenty, before you turn twenty one, you have like an IEP. You have all these different services. However, 
when you turn 21, things get more difficult. It's called falling off off the cliff, which means like once you're 21, all the services you had beforehand were basically gone and 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 no longer can provide buy for the person for the autistic person. So one right. thing that 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 they need is really just a number of resources that fit their goals. Like for instance, if you have like an education goal, like you want to go to college, like they should services need to be in place for them to be successful with that. Mm-hmm. And the same goes if you go into, for instance, you want to get employment. You know, there should be like services like readily available, readily able to re to obtain to to get that goal. Yeah. Yeah. And actually depending on what state you're in, uh many for many states, the age of eighteen is is the age that says that we're adults. And we know that during that time there are a lot of autistics who are getting ready to graduate from high school, move into some kind of college education of some kind, or move into the workforce. And of course, part of the issue for anybody, once we reach adulthood, we want to get a job, but of course, they're going to say, you don't really have a whole lot of experience. Um, I know that happened to me when I was that age. But also, I mean, um, you know, a lot of the, those, those programs that are supposed to assist and the process in many states for uh, parents to gain guardianship for their autistic loved one, that can be such a challenge and not to mention expense, expensive. So um, maybe let's shine some light upon that, that particular subject too. Go ahead. Yeah. And this is what goes back to what I was saying about falling off the cliff. Because yeah. For many years, people wouldn't focus when it came to autism. They focused on the children, which is needed, of course. However, when you real once you turn twenty one, like it seems like the obtainment of those services is like non tangible. Like you can't right. go. Like it's all, like it's all good. It's all it's all good and happy when you're before the age of twenty one, but but it becomes stressful afterwards because you're not given like a plan you're not given may depend of course depending on where you're living you're not giving that type of plan you're not oh oh here here you go you have this goal let's go here like you have an appointment goal you go there and that yeah. really like makes it so difficult and stressful for not just the the parent but for the autistic individual and that like i can tell from my experience you know you know when i was about to turn like 18 like even in high school, it's hard for me to find a job because I didn't receive any like job, job coaching at the time. Of course, mm-hmm. this had to be like two. This was like two thousand six, two thousand seven. But still, like things like that are mostly needed, and not mostly, but are greatly needed. It's only mm-hmm. like a matter. It's only that like there's just not many resources like that. So I think that's the major stressing point. Yeah. Um. Tell us a little bit about your work with adolescents as they reach this age point, you know, because you do you do therapy. Um, what what have you found as you've been uh, working with them, and what have you found in terms of the things they talk about, the thing, the effects that um, these lack of resources are having 
on the on the ones that are transitioning to adulthood what are some common things that you have seen um that you can talk about well one common thing that i've seen is that you know it's just in the state of new jersey where i work i live in pennsylvania but i live in new jersey the thing that i notice is that there, once like a, a youth turns like 20 it seems like there's of all these obstacles that the parent would have to go through, the parent and guardian would have to go through in order to get like what we call like DD developmental disability services, such as in you have to go and the parents have to apply, they have to obtain certain guardianship, whether or not guardianship is needed, that's something extra. But then, then we had they have to have like a round table, and I just think it's kind of like it's like. And it always takes so much time for like those services come into play because of all these like, obstacles that go in. When in reality, they should really just, you know, know based on the diagnosis that we should start these services, start these services, and not have a lot of this like red tape that goes into it. Yeah, and um, finding higher education options that suit them. Here in Minnesota, we have Minnesota Independence College and Community, which works with autistic individuals and others with various learning differences, as they call them, that they actually take them on and give them some kind of education so that they can prepare them to, to work and make some kind of living but we know that in, in, in various states, those programs are not so readily available. And, you know, once again, finding, finding the ones that really understand what it is to have auti be autistic and be able to address the needs they have, those are not, those are not so many in, in other areas. Yeah, and, you know, that's, and what you said right there about what the state of Minnesota does, like, like that's that's perfect you know that gives them like a step step forward well in right. other states it's you know some states might not have have like those adult services how how uh, some states might have them but it could take a long time for instance in the state of new jersey where i work like we have like ddd services but you know the upper the types the there's a lot of, you know, the bureaucratic process that goes into it is just very, very te tedious, you know, it's towards the individual and the family. Like it, like I said before, it takes some time. It always depends also what type of services for autistic adults are out there. For the state of Pennsylvania where I live, you know, they have like an autism waiver. They have like the Bureau of Autism Services in PA and mm -hmm. they and when, it, and when it comes to social so like so services regarding social skills, they Pennsylvania has a has a bit better advantage with that compared to New Jersey because they have a lot of like so, social groups for autistic adults. For example, my wife and I we were in we're in this group called J High. So it's called J High, and it's a social service program for autistics and other neurodivergents, and mm -hmm. they offer like social skills training there's like events that her and i go to as well as also they offer services like 
mental health services, you know, how to live in an independent living program, like things like that to really help adults achieve the goal of, of independence. Now, right. something like that is great something like that really helps towards the goal of independence and it's something i feel other states should have as well yeah so it always depends on the state yeah yeah it really does and i mean uh looking forward life coaching here in minnesota and several other life coaching can help some some of them with the transition process um because life coaches are trained often to to basically guide people, guide them through the steps they need to take. Um, and you know, um, Sarah Swan's my good friend at Looking Forward Life Coaching. Among the things they, you know, their slogan is, um, "We help turn the stepping stones of life." I'm sorry. Um, that they help people take those stepping stones towards a more active life, a more independent life. But again, those programs are not always that easy to find. And even once you find them, um, they're not always, they're people who are not always really trained to understand autistic people. So that too remains one of the, one of the bigger barriers. What do you think? I think, I think definitely true. Like I, I agree. You know, you're going to have some services that really, really are good in one end, but not good in the other end. Like I've seen like, you know, and it could be like employment, state might have like employment services for an autistic and neurodivergence. However, they might have like be lacking with, with other independent living skills, such as social skills and, right. and financial aid. Right. Yeah, and a lot of these programs are dependent upon, you know, in income, you know, what their income is. And it's one of those, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, if you're making a decent living to support somebody, just barely getting over the mark, well, then in some cases, you make too much money to, to, apply, to qualify for services. And in some cases, if they don't make enough, well, then they don't make enough to pay the the extra co-pays or whatever is involved. I'm sure, I'm sure that that's a, I'm sure that's a story that's told everywhere. Go ahead. Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. You know that there's just all these type of services out out there. However, like obtaining them is such it's so difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's as stressful on the caregivers as it is on the autistic individuals. You know. Um, a while back, and this is something a little a little different, but um, I had someone who sent me an email because uh, there was this parent, these parents, they're getting into their 60s, reaching into their 70s, and they've got an autistic son who's in his 30s, and they're so worried about what happens to him if anything happens to them. Where are they going to? What are they going to do for him? You know, because again. Um, a lot of times they're left to their own devices and, and, you know, there are autistics that they, they just don't have the um, information and our training and our services they need to be able to take care of themselves in the event of, of a parent. And I think, 
things like that are why so many wind up in either group homes or they wind up in, you know, homeless and without resources and, you know, information that they need to survive. Right, absolutely. Like, it's just not just for the autistic individual, also family as well. Yeah. Like, I always want to be, like, the autistic person first, but but that doesn't mean they don't deserve any, like, support. Right. Like, it really needs to get get beyond this bureaucratic tape and just have, like, these services big see the big picture. Say, this mm-hmm. is your consumer. This is someone you need to, need to work with, someone you need to help in circles after this next commercial break robert and i will talk about the challenges of many organizations not listening to autistics transitioning to adulthood with some ideas to help with advocacy Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success. Life can be complicated, almost like a river. At times there are rapids, and other times it kindly winds along its path. To have a guide as you navigate this river of life is essential. To be encouraged and supportive during both the rapids and calm path is something Looking Forward Life Coaching can provide. We meet one-on-one with our clients within their local community or virtually to provide resources and tools to help survive the rapids and enjoy the calm waters. If this is something you're interested in, please feel free to schedule a free meet and greet. Email us at info at lookingforwardlc.org or call 612-504-7414. We look forward to helping you change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success. Visit the logo shop on todaysautisticmoment.com to buy a 16-ounce drinking cup and or a lapel pin with the logo of Today's Autistic Moment on them. Enjoy your favorite beverage in a clear cup while you tell others about how much you are enjoying Today's Autistic Moment. Put the lapel pin on your jacket, shirt, blouse, or gym bag to help start a conversation about the important work that Today's Autistic Moment is doing for autistic adults and their caregivers. Please consider making a financial contribution for as little as $1 or more. Please click on the menu option to support today's autistic moment. Thank you for listening to today's autistic moment. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, 
bestcaremn.com to learn more about their services. into my final question. We've already been addressing information and barriers here, but I like to talk about um, what important steps should autistic adults and and or uh, autistics transitioning into adulthood and our supporters take to advocate for our needs. And this is where I want to talk a little bit about something that I'm involved with, with the Autism Society of Minnesota. Um, the Autism Society of Minnesota puts on uh, an autistic community summit every fall. This year it's going to be on October 14th. And I happen to be working with a planning committee. And it, it was said by members of that committee that what what can we do at this summit to, you know, to to talk about these programs that just are not working. And what we came up with is that maybe instead of having a session with, say, a legal expert or even, you know, um, even, you know, folks who, who uh, work with such programs, why don't we have a listening session where we have some people, some of those people like in professional situations to come but they're not going to talk. They're not going to give reasons, excuses, or whatever. We're just, they're they're going to listen to several people talk about what's happening and and why these situations are not working to try to you know help them hear about what the issues are. And I feel like one of those pieces of self advocacy that we're not seeing so much of is those situations where, where, where caregivers can come before those who are, who are said to be working to advance these programs to actually hear what the concerns of the autistic individuals and their caregivers, you know, their concerns they have. And I feel like getting, again, getting them to listen to those things is more than half the battle. So, um, I, you know, I'd like to just point out there, if we could only get a few more of those sessions where people are just listening and not necessarily advising, but listening and taking it into, into their, um, their thought processes, as we say, and then, you know, trying to, you know, do some searching for what can we do. So I'm going to let you comment on that and then give some of your ideas as to what can be done for advocacy. Go ahead. Well, if anything, I think we should just, you know, really work work towards that goal and and not to, to tear anyone from it, because there are, uh, 
like what's happening in Pennsylvania is a bit growing from what I can see. I guess it's not perfect, but it's really like going towards a new direction and going towards you obtain that goal. And I think the collaboration with the case manager, DD, the doctor, what have you, should all be in on that process. Yeah. What's what's going on there in Pennsylvania that's that's uh, working towards um, making these things better? Tell us what's going on there. Well, there's a thing called called as I said, the waiver, and that waiver is very good. It helps them with like games, finding a job coach, getting to and from from work or school, and then I think those think ideas like that to be implemented it would be great for all states. Yeah. 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 Um, well, here in Minnesota, we have we have uh, it's a caddy waiver. Um, and sorry, I'm not going to be able to give you all what the word caddy means, because, but we do have certain wavered services here by which they can help. We also have many states have, have a department of vocational rehabilitation services in them. I will tell you that um, I worked with one to help start the podcast here. Um, and, you know, but there can also be those 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 issues with finding people who understand working with autistic adults. I had to work with somebody. Actually, there's somebody at the Autism Society of Minnesota that works on intakes and basically helps us find somebody we can work with. Uh, but again, there are there are other situations where they don't have those have those advocate those advocates. You know, we really do need the advocates in a lot of these agencies and these programs so that um, we can actually see that we're working to addressing these problems. So I feel like one of the things we need to advocate for is that these agencies, these, these places, these waiver services that are out there to help autistics transition, we need to insist that there are people in those positions that have some kind of working knowledge of autistic people. Well, I I, I guess I want to say that um, you you most likely work with not only the adolescents, but you also probably work with their caregivers too. Um, what are some ways that are there any ways that you may have helped them to do some advocacy that that has worked well that you can talk about? Well, the thing I've also done is I worked with them on help on finding these resources. Like, for instance, there's a family who might need resources on gaining social skills. I would I can able like look for them and reach out and bro- kind of broker them towards those towards those resources. Do you have any any thoughts on anything that I haven't even asked questions about? I mean, it's in terms of advocacy and or you know, just some things to help anybody out there in my audience. There may, there is probably an autistic out there that's making that transition and they're completely lost. They don't know what to do. They don't know who to ask. Um, and then of course there may be a caregiver who's trying to say, how do I, how do I do what's best for, for my, my autistic, um, 
you know, transition into adulthood. Um, do you have anything you can add to anything we said that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Well, the funny one thing I have to say is listen to the autistic person. Like, understand, like, what they want. Like, what do you want out? Like, what are some, what's something that you want to do that you feel make you independent? Like, would it be working in this type of job or will it be, like, getting at, getting at your own places to live? And also, like, what, like, which one of those goals would be, like, the top priority? So, I've always believed in meeting the person where they're at. And I feel that that can be, that, that, that type, that that is very vital. Mm. So really meeting the person where that is something that I hold on to and let them also lead those goals. Like if there's an interest out there that they have, maybe that can be one of the things that they can work on to incorporate into their adulthood. And also I think what states need to do is they need to really be understand, really listen to the autistic person what they want. And let there be resources readily able for them to to research, like a cook away. Right. Well, Robert, I want to thank you so much for this conversation. I think there are we've 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 talked about a lot of things. Do you have any resources, uh, websites, other information that you can think of that you might encourage some people to reach out for? Um. Well, I know in the state of Pennsylvania, where is in around the Philadelphia region, there is J High, and that's something that they that is a, an organization that helps autistic and and intellectually disabled adults to obtain services, especially social skills services, employment, and and utilizing daily activities. Yeah. I think you can go on there at www. C-H-A-I.org. Okay. That's good. Thank you so much for that. And I will be adding that to my Adult Autism Resources links page so that people can access that information. And um, any of my listeners, if you know of any other organizations or... um, or other resources that perhaps can be added to these, please, by all means, send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Okay, Robert. Well, thank you for being here today. And, um, you know, this has been a great conversation and I hope that you've enjoyed it and, um, and that we'll be talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. After this final commercial break, Emily Goldberg, the founder of the Autism Mentorship Program, will join me to talk about the program and how Autistics Mentoring Autistic Teens helps with the transition to adulthood. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, 
a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org. The fall season begins with Lisa Morgan returning to today's autistic moment on September 3rd to talk about suicide prevention for autistic adults. According to a study by Cassidy et al. in 2018, 66% of newly diagnosed autistic adults experienced suicidal ideation. That is 17% higher than the general population. Lisa has first-hand experience of what being in a state of crisis is for autistics. Lisa is an autistic adult and a life coach for autistics who find themselves in crisis situations. It is so important for autistic adults and their caregivers to listen to this episode. You just might save someone's life. Dr. Devin Price comes back on September 17th to talk about conflict resolution. Autistic adults face more conflict than just about any group of people. Our challenges with verbal and nonverbal communications, finding our social support networks that understand us, and dealing with daily with our disabilities can burn us out. Autistics need strategies for conflict resolution. Join my guest, Dr. Devin Price, as he helps us understand where our conflicts come from and how we can work towards resolving them. On October 1st, Nick Walker will be my special guest for Neuroqueer, Another Coming Out. October 11th is National Coming Out Day for LGBTQIA people. There is another group of people coming out that needs to be recognized for who we are and celebrated. Nick Walker is the author of Neuroqueer Heresies, Notes on the Neurodiversity Paradigm, Autistic Empowerment, and Post-Normal Possibilities. According to Nick Walker, being neurodivergent, quote, means having a mind that functions in ways that diverge significantly from the dominant societal standards of normal, end of quote. It is from definitions like this that we get the word neuroqueer. Nick Walker will talk about what neuroqueer is and why it is important that we be recognized as coming out as our own unique people. Check out the Future Shows page on todaysautisticmoment.com for all shows coming up through November. Do you have any topic ideas for future episodes of Today's Autistic Moment? Go to the Contact Us page on todaysautisticmoment.com and submit your topic suggestions. Go to the page for Be My Guest to submit a guest intake form if you would like to be a guest. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment.
Emily, thank you so much for being here on this episode of today's Autistic Moment. I have been so pleased to have you as a sponsor. And um, given that I've just been talking to Dr. Robert Schmoose about autistics transitioning to adulthood, I feel that you have a lot of information that could be very helpful. So thank you for coming here today. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so as I just mentioned, uh, um, Robert and I have been talking about autistics transitioning to adulthood. We've spoken about many programs that just are not working and also programs that are designed by autistics for autistics. And of course, those are not really as numerous as we'd like them to be. So um, as part of this show that I've done that I'm doing here today, um, I want to ask you to talk about the autistic mentorship program and and how you feel that it assists autistics transitioning to adulthood. Talk up a little bit about that, if you will. Sure. Yeah. And it's the, it's the autism mentorship program. I just want to clarify yeah, that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so the autism mentorship program was designed by autistic people and neurotypical people together. It was really important to me that autistic people be in, behind the design of this because it is for autistic people. So I just want to make that clear. Um, and the way it works is that an autistic mentor and an autistic mentee get together um, and we're doing it on Zoom currently. Uh, we started in person and we've during the pandemic, we shifted to online, which has been working really well. And we can engage more people in a, in a broader area than when we first started. Um, and we serve the right now the Twin Cities metro area. And the way it works is a, um, a groups of mentors and mentees get together in a Zoom meeting. And then they um, spend 10 minutes just kind of talking about themes you might want to talk about this week, whether it's, you know, high school graduation coming up or friend issues or work or, you know, how your weekend went. Um, and then we send people into their breakout rooms one to one where each mentor and mentee meet for 45 minutes to talk about and do whatever they want. And it's really directed by the young person. So these are young people ages 14 to 18. And many times they are on that cusp of thinking, what comes next? High school is maybe hard for me or challenging for me, or maybe it's great, but I'm nervous about what comes next. So they can bring up whatever they want to bring up in that 45 minutes and talk about it with someone who has been there, someone who right. is also autistic and someone who has, you know, maybe been to through a couple of college experiences, maybe opted not to go to college, maybe has a job, maybe is still in school. Um, and so they can bounce those ideas off someone who has already been there and who is autistic. And I think, I think, and sometimes th there are those conversations definitely happen. Also, sometimes it's just enough to be in a virtual room with someone else who's autistic and let your hair down and just be yourself not have to worry about trying to fit in or mask or do all those other things right. that take energy during the day. Um, just to be with another person like you who's older, who cares about you, I think is the, the magic and the power of the program, no matter what they do during those 45 minutes. Sometimes it might be just playing an online game together. You know, right. other times it's going to be talking about heavy stuff, you know, some tough friendship issues or parental issues or those kinds of things. 
Yeah. Well, I think this is a wonderful idea. And um, to your knowledge, is Minnesota the only state that has something like this? Yeah. When I, I, I originally started this program because my then seven-year-old son came home from school, autistic, I had two, two autistic sons, twins, and one of them came home from school, very upset. Um, and he said, mom, nobody understands me, not even you, because your brain works different than mine. And it really struck me at that time that he didn't have any autistic role models in his life and that that was necessary. Like, how do you go through life without role models who look and process the world like yourself, you know? Right. Um, and so I looked on, I looked, I, you know, I called locally figuring I could find an autistic mentor for him here in the Twin Cities. And I, you know, I called Big Brothers Big Sisters. I called all kinds of places and they were like, no, 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 no. And I looked online and I didn't find anything. And this is like 2015. Um, and as far as I know, I don't think there's still anything going on, at least in this country, that I'm aware of. There may be something in Canada, if I remember right. And I get calls and emails almost daily from people around the country and around the world. You know, they obviously they Google autism and mentorship. And this is what comes up asking, you know, is there something like this where I live? Or can yeah. I something like this where I live? Yeah. <clears throat> Um, can you share any examples, if you will, of how um, this program that you've worked worked on um, has helped some autistic teens to make that transition? Are you able to tell me anything about that? I don't know if it's going to be like a concrete story about, you know, someone decided to apply to go to right, college. Right, right. I understand. I think it's much more about, you know, hearing from parents, especially, you know, my son or daughter had so much more confidence about themselves after going through this program. Or I notice, I always know when it's a Tuesday after they've met with their mentor, because they're so much more comfortable communicating with the family. Um, you know, we saw people's grades go up as a result of being in this program. So I think it's more developing that confidence, self-assurance, um, comfort with autistic identity, those yeah. kinds of things that I think are more internal that, that yeah. I, I'm sure there are external examples. I don't have any on hand, right? Um, but I, I think it's much more of an internal thing about just kind of building that strength and belief in yourself in a way that's so important and realizing that Autistic people can be leaders, you know, right. Autistic people yeah. can be people we look up to, right, in our society. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah, that is so awesome, you know, because, wow, I mean, there's so much going on with questioning our ability to know ourselves, take care of ourselves and that sort of thing. And we know that's not true because of programs like this. Um, let's say I've got someone in my audience who... Um, who needs a mentorship program or wants to begin a mentorship program like what you're doing, um, give some thoughts to how they might maybe get that sort of thing kicked off. Yeah. I mean, we, since the beginning, when we as a collective started this group, you know, it's a group of autistic individuals, um, parents, people from, you know, professional people who um, were in the autism world for whatever reason, from the very beginning, we really wanted to make this something replicable 
And so we, our hope, we're, we, we have lots of pieces of, you know, we have a policies and procedures manual. We have trainings that we've created that are specific for, you know, our autistic group, right? Um, and ideally, we would love to get a grant to be able to put together a, a, a kind of how-to book, you know, that sort of says, here, here, here you go from A to Z, you know, you want to start your own program, do this. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already sending people pieces of that if they're interested, so people can oh. contact me um, at emily.goldberg at autismmentorshipprogram.org, the longest email address in history. Um, and I can, I can help with some of that stuff. I think it's essentially you need people who are really passionate about doing this. Um, you need to raise some money to make it happen uh, and not a ton of money, but some. Um, and I think, you know, with those, the right people and some money and some time, um, it, it shouldn't be that hard to make it happen in your community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to wrap this up for a second, I mean, this is one of those things where a lot of what I say on today's autistic moment about autistics telling their stories and being heard. And I feel like one of the strengths of a mentorship program like this is that autistics get to tell stories with each other and they also get a chance to actually be heard and tell their stories and actually get people to to listen to what being autistic means for them uh what do you think of that absolutely i mean i feel like you know when i started this program um i just you know i i, I went to some autistic support groups just to see if people would be interested in being mentors and and my first reaction was there's so much untapped knowledge and experience here, yeah. you know, that, that just needs to be listened to and used and, you know, for the betterment of all of us. And so I see that every day we have a, within our program, we have a mentoring the mentors program where one of our autistic staff members leads um, the mentors in talking about all different kinds of topics. Like um, when did you, when should you, or did you first disclose that you were autistic at work or, you know, what are some of your autistic, your, your executive function challenges and hacks, stuff like that. Right. And I get to sit in and listen to those conversations. And I learn so much about the, the wisdom that's out there. And so the fact that that wisdom is shared every week with young autistic people just makes my heart sing. It's just, it's a beautiful yeah. And I, you know, I hope we see more of this, you know, and I am getting, I am getting interestingly also, um, you know, inquiries from people who work with programs that don't specifically, uh, aren't specifically designed for autistic youth, you know, other mentorship programs that say, hey, you know, I've got some neurodivergent youth, can you give me some tips, you know, and my first tip is, you know, get some neurodivergent mentors, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you can, right? But, you know, but I mean, so I think people are starting to get that, you know, that, there is this this wisdom to be tapped into and you know and i'm hoping that the world is slowly changing in that way in that awareness and that sense of oh yeah that is a resource that we hadn't really thought about yeah you know yeah yeah absolutely well emily thank you for stopping by today and having this conversation with me um i feel like the work that the autism mentorship program does is so very very important and especially where um, a lot of us autistics, we need that positive energy. And I feel like this is one of those programs that can definitely help do that. So thank you so much for being on today. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. 
Thank you. And thank you for highlighting our program. I really appreciate it. And anyone who wants to join and be a mentor or mentee, I hope they'll look us up at www.autismmentorshipprogram.org. Thank you. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events with their links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board. Join the Autism Society of Minnesota for their adult coffee club. The next coffee clubs will be on Tuesday nights from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Dogwood Coffee in St. Paul on August 22nd, September 12th, September 26th, October 10th, October 24th, and November 21st. Coffee Club meetings will be at the Milkweed Cafe in Minneapolis on September 18th, October 16th, and November 13th from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Please RSVP at AUSM.org. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be on October 23rd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and December 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. Registration is now open for the Autistic Community Summit that will be on October 14th beginning at 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Lionsgate Academy in Shoreview, Minnesota. There will be a full hybrid of in-person and virtual options, integrated social opportunities, half-hour and full-hour breakout sessions, and discussion groups. The cost to attend is $35 and scholarships are available. Click on the link to register on the bulletin board page for todaysautisticmoment.com or go to ausm.org. For more information about activities, education, and training opportunities at the Autism Society of Minnesota, go to ausm.org. MinNeuroDivergent, it's all one word, is a Minnesota organization that offers social events for neurodivergence. Join them on Friday, August 25th, from 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. for an evening at the State Fair. Go to the bulletin board at todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the meetup link to become a member and attend their events. You are invited to Minnesota Independence College and Community's 6th Annual 5K Run One Mile Walk on Saturday, October 1st at Donaldson Park in Richfield, Minnesota. Check-in registration will be at 9 a.m. The race walk will be at 10 a.m. Go to miccommunity.org for more information. Matthew, the hashtag actually autistic coach, has room in his finding your autistic self group coaching groups. In the groups, 
Participants learn about unmasking strategies, coping tools, burnout and post-burnout support, and much more. Go to AutisticCoach.com and click on Autism Groups for more information. While visiting Matthew's website, be sure to check out the free Autistic Discussion Circles for Autistics of various age groups, careers, students, and ethnic groups. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is here because of the generosity of supporters and sponsors. Please join the supporters by clicking on Support Today's Autistic Moment on todaysautisticmoment.com. If you work for a company and or organization that supports autistic adults and the movement for neurodiversity, I would love to have you sponsor ads on the show. If you would like to sponsor an ad and or have questions about today's autistic moment, please send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day. All of the guests meet with me on Zoom to record the interviews. The podcast is created and prepared on Spotify for podcasters. The music that you hear is licensed to Today's Autistic Moment by premiumbeat.com